the rhythms that we've been learning that Jonathan and Helen have been teaching us about are um, foundational rhythms that um, that we all, from the oldest to the youngest, to the youngest to the oldest, like they're all just so important. And um, and so I know that their heart is that that we all. Um, just come to, well, breathe them in, just come to um, incorporate them as part of our daily and weekly and just part of our rhythms. So um, if we just go to the next slide, the um, the rhythms that we've been going through are hearing the word, gathering in worship. We haven't yet done trust. Oh, yes, we have trusting God with our money and time, following in the mission, call to mission and sharing in prayer. Those two, those two are still to come. And throughout the series, we've also heard from Phil and Kath Henry who shared some practices that they found life-giving in their walk with Jesus and, and that's what Helen's asked me to do tonight. So I thought in doing that I'd share some of my journey. Do you know, I said this to Michael the other day, every time I start writing a message, I write this rambling introduction. I think it's because I get worried that I'm not going to be able to fill up the time. And then by the time I've written the message, I end up having to go back and I end up cutting out the rambling um, at the start. It's not very inf- efficient in terms of time prep to write down 10 minutes worth of rambling, but um, I think it's just part of the creative process. Anyway, tonight I'm free to ramble. <laughs> Hopefully not. So maybe I'll just pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you guide me tonight as I ramble. I just pray that you... you um, help me to share some of the things that I have found life-giving that you have done in me um, that, that might bless everybody here. But, Lord, it's your words tonight that we want to hear, so help me to listen to you. Do you know, when Helen asked me to share one or two practices, I actually panicked a little. <laughs> Her message said, Please, can you highlight one, one or two regular spiritual practices that have been life-giving in your walk with Jesus? How do you do it? Giving examples of transformation and growth in your life. And I went blank. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, I can't think of anything. Oh, no, I'm going to be exposed. <laughs> you know, I could do worship, but, well, Jonathan's done worship and Phil talked about worship and I could pray, but Kath Henry did prayer, so maybe I should do the word. And, and it would be great if I could stand up and say, well, every morning I wake up half an hour before my children get up and I sit down and I open the word and I talk quietly to the Lord and I highlight verses. And my kids wake up and they see every morning their mother starting the day with Jesus. And now I'm not, I'm not making fun of that, don't, don't get me wrong, because I know people and admire people who have done that um, and, I wish I, and I wish I do and I know people who still do that. But at the moment, we get up very early and I'm not a morning person and so my rhythm is a little bit different. And why am I telling you this? I'm telling you, for, well, for two reasons. One, as I just want to be honest. And the second is I do want to come back to that little personal wobble or panic that I had um, later on because I'll, it's one of the things that I have found life-giving, so I'll come back to this. So... Um, Back to my journey of spiritual formation. And do you know what spiritual formation is? That's on the next slide. One of the definitions says that it's the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. You know, in the, in the Gospels, Jesus um, invited his disciples to follow him and he would make them disciples. And some people might find that a bit um, worrying. That, but 
the word make is actually an artistic term. I can't pronounce it. Poeo. And... Um, and it's meant to signal that Jesus was interesting, interested in taking who they were right at that moment and creatively forming something. And Paul talks about it later on when he talks about the master craftsman. He said, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And it just, that just touches me in a deep way to know that the creator God is wanting to form and create something in our life. And another phrase that is used to talk about spiritual formation is a long obedience in the same direction. And I, Eugene Peterson wrote a book called that, but I actually think someone else might have come up with the, the phrase. It might have actually been Nietzsche, Nietzsche, one of the philosophers. Anyway, I like this because um, when you think of a long obedience, it doesn't get caught up in the number of years you've been a Christian. Instead, it recognises that you've made a decision to make Christ the Lord of your life and that you're going to spend the rest of your life being obedient to him, where he calls you to go and who he calls you to be and what he's making you into. Um, and, and in terms of obedience for me, it recognises that there are practices and there are rhythms that we can put in place in our own walk that help that. Help that. And so that's what this series is all about. During my long obedience, there have been seasons of following really closely um, there have been seasons where I feel like I've walked alongside Jesus and there have been seasons where it's been hard and I've been hurting. I think I might have been kind of limping behind Jesus and it's not because he forgot me but it's because I got so wrapped up in my pain that I um, didn't invite him into that. And then there have been seasons where it has been tough but I have felt his arms carrying me in those times when I have turned to him um, and, and, and known his strength. But a number of years ago, I recognised that I wasn't really being very active in terms of my own growth, um, quite a number of years ago now, but I wasn't spending very much time with God and I, I wasn't reading my Bible. Probably the learning that I was doing was what I would pick up on a Sunday and I didn't find the word to be very enjoyable because I found it hard to understand. But then God started to shift something in me and I wanted to know him more. Um, I wanted to sense more passion in, in worship um, I wanted to hear him more and I, I wanted to hear for others. And so increasingly I became discontent with a lifestyle that met with God on a Sunday but, but forgot about him during the week. And I started to notice that he actually was talking to me a whole lot more than I realised and in surprising ways. Um, for example, reminding me to check my oil and... <laughs> my dad, my dad's not here tonight, but he is here and he is in Brisbane and, and he would tell you that I'm not very good at checking my oil. He, both my fathers remind me to check my oil, but there have been two definite occasions where I've been driving along and it's not normal for this thought to come into my mind, but it's come in, you should check your oil. And on both of those occasions, my oil was very low. Um, and there have been other times, and I've said this before, so you've probably heard it, but there have been times where God has, well, an, an idea for a meal has popped into my mind and then later on it turns out um, that somebody needs a meal and the meal that had popped into my mind that I hadn't otherwise thought about happened to be a meal that is a large one and that I can share and God's provision was already in place um, that, and I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do it. So, yeah, it's just been lovely to see the way that God talks to us in the normal, in the everyday 
So as part of this journey, I decided I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to read the Bible more. And at some stage, I decided that I would join in on the Bible Project One Year Reading Plan. And it, it includes links to the videos and podcasts and blog posts. And, and I really enjoyed it. And, and I remember there being times in that journey where there might have been something stressful going on. Um, and I would think, oh, well, I can't do anything about that right now. But you know what? I'm about three days behind in my Bible reading, so I might do that instead. And it was maybe not the first time, but I just remember being um, struck by getting into the, getting back into the storyline of the Bible actually shifted my perspective. And when I was finished, I wasn't, I wasn't stressed about those things anymore. It hadn't removed them, but my anxiety was gone. Um, and that was encouraging. And I started to make connections and I started to understand things that I hadn't noticed before. And I started to feel a sense of wonder and awe about the design of the Bible and about the craftsmanship and how big the story is and where we fit into it. And um, I enjoyed it so much that I decided to do the next year and then kept, just kept going. And the more I, uh, the more I read, the more I realise I don't understand, but that's okay. Every time I make a connection, I get excited. And um, I'm not doing a plan this year, the Bible Project are doing something a little bit different, but um, what I've been doing is using the Lectio 365 app, which has a morning and an evening devotion. I often do that after the kids go to school or in the car if I've taken one of them to school. Sometimes I just spend some time quietly with God. I'm not very good at doing that because um, I, I find myself getting distracted or I, I don't know. I, it's something that I want to pursue is solitude with God. And during the 40-day fast that we did last year as a church, I felt that God wanted, he said to me, just spend a couple of moments before, because Jonathan and Helen did that wonderful 40-day guided um, prayer um, devotional, which was amazing. But at the start of it, I felt God say, just take a moment. I just want you to look into my eyes and I just want you to spend a couple of minutes um, knowing or seeing that you're my beloved. Just being with him before I did anything else. And that's definitely something that God has to keep pulling me back to, that it's about being with him before we do anything else. So there are a few things that I have found about the word that have brought life to my journey. And I did think about breaking us up into groups and talking about that, I, but I listened to, re-listened to um, Helen's message and she actually did that a few weeks ago. So what I thought I would do instead is read... <clears throat> a segment of Psalm 139, and we'll just ponder it for a moment. O oh Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. Just take a moment and just um, zone in on what you feel. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. 
If I ride in the wings of the morning, if I dwell at the farthest oceans, even where even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me, around me to become night, but even in the darkness I cannot hide from you. I'm curious about what this passage makes you feel. Do you feel safe like the psalmist does? Do you feel loved? Do you feel uncomfortable or exposed that to know that God knows everything about you? I think at times we can feel all of these different things when we think about God knowing everything about us. And this is my link back to my introduction, back to where I said I was, I was feeling panicked and I was feeling exposed um, and the link back to my the second practice that I try and do. And if I can do, if well, if God helps me do it, then I find it to be freeing. So I take the feelings and the thoughts that come across my mind and I try and, and examine them and I, and I ask God about them. Why do I feel this way? Where did it come from? Sometimes a memory might pop to mind um, from, you know, something that might have ha- happened as a kid. Um, but I have to ask myself, is, is this God's truth? And if it's not, what choice am I going to make about how, or how am I going to respond to it? And God already knows all of these things, so I, I can safely take it to him. So if I talk in um, practical terms about tonight, I had a fear. Um, I had a fear, what was that? What, it was probably hangover guilt or shame maybe for not reading my Bible enough um, or maybe not measuring up to what I think, what I think you think, should think, what, you know. But, and, and if I let that dictate my, my action, my response would be to say no. Um, but instead, this week... Um, I went on a journey with God and I thought about my relationship with him and I thought about the different things that I enjoy doing with him. Um, and, and it was a lovely time of growth and a time of recognising the things that the relationship that is, that is good and that is growing and there are areas of growth still but um, it was life-giving so, and coming back to those, those the, any shame or ac- accusations, um, if we look at 1 Peter 5 eight, it says, be sober-minded and watchful, but pay attention. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So I, I, know, I have to be quite um, vigilant in the things that come across my mind because um, if I just let my emotions run away with them, I could end up wallowing and not doing the things um, that, I'm, that God's asking me to do. Um, and it's good to realise that there is an accuser. I can't remember the verse. There's a verse in Revelations that talks about the accuser having no more, um, being stripped of his power, I suppose. Um, but one of the words for Satan in the Bible is the accuser. Uh, and we are told, as 1 Peter says, um, your adversary is not just standing around going, oh, it's okay, they can do whatever. He's actually looking for areas and weaknesses. <clears throat> so, okay, so as part of, as part of my, like, oh, what am I going to talk about? 
<laughs> and as part of that process, because it wasn't just an immediate, oh, it's okay, I, I, I'll take it to God. And it was, it, it was a week. <laughs> it was a week of thinking about it and praying about it and talking to Jonathan and Helen. And, like, and so there was community in there. And I, we happened to be listening to some new worship music also. So that was also feeding life, um, and which reminded me, because Helen said these circles overlap, that, you know, there's not just, they're not all kind of discrete um, activities. But anyway, so I, I have this book that's been on my shelf called Sacred Rhythms and um, in my still slightly panicky state, so surely I'll find something that I do in here. Um, but it, I went through it. It's like solitude's <laughs> one of the first one. <laughs> Scripture, prayer, honouring the body, self-examination. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Bringing my whole self before God. And the author writes, there comes a time in the spiritual life when one of the major things that God is up to is lovingly helping us to see ourselves more clearly. This is a most challenging element of the spiritual life, one that most of us shrink from with more than a little dread. Some of us have been so shaped by shame-based family or church systems that we resist entering into deeper levels of self-knowledge for fear of being debilitated by shame or swept away by remorse. For others, our sense of worth is so fragile or our perfectionism, perfectionism so pronounced that we're not sure that we could bear facing the truth of our own darkness without becoming unravelled. Yet one of the deepest longings of the human heart is to be known and loved unconditionally. We know that someone in this world knows everything about us and loves us anyway, which I thought was, was beautiful, and that is our God. Self-examination feels risky, but it is life-changing when, when it's done with God. He made us. He knows us. He knows what we love to do. He knows about our creativity. He cares about our hurts and our regrets and he wants to lead us out of the darkness and bring healing and wholeness. I've got a verse on the next slide that Graham pointed out. Graham, who planted this church um, originally, he was praying for me one night. Um, I don't remember what about, but he pointed out this verse, 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that's what I try to do and I don't, I don't always um, do it. If I'm doing it in my own strength, I don't do it. But um, rather than letting every thought that goes through my head settle and wallow in whatever emotion comes along with it, or alternatively try and suppress, you know, if there's something that I've... If there's a bitterness or... Um, an offence or a judgy attitude that sometimes I kind of want to go, oh, I don't like that and just try and suppress it rather than asking God to shine a light on why it's there and going to God to um, seek for healing. I remember Nay pointed out um, a Bible project. Oh, it might have been Tim Mackey who was doing a series on um, praying through the Psalms and he prayed, he taught on Psalms 3 where David, who was being chased by all of his enemies, um, cried out to God and he said, God, this is what's going on. And sometimes I think I get to that spot where I say, God, this is what's going on. But I don't take the next step, which he did. And then he, he, he said, God, this is what's going on, but you are my God. And he acknowledged who God was and he acknowledged who he was through God. Um, and so I suppose that's the, the next step of the journey is ha having the discernment, know what, knowing what's going on and then saying, God, I need to repent of believing that lie or this is what I'm feeling, I need to confess this to you and I want to accept your truth that whatever it is in the circumstance. 
But it's not just, I mean, it's bringing our whole self to, um, in front of God is it's not just the really tough stuff, it's the wonderful stuff. Because he, he, he wants us to bring our whole selves to him. Um, he designed us. So all the things that, that we love are things that he's put inside us. Um, and I had another thing that I wanted to read because I love a testimony that Putty shared at one point in his book, Live Like Jesus. Um, he was talking earlier in the chapter about a passage in Galatians. Um, about Christ uniting humanity and divinity and talks about Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is not lo- no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the now that I, li- sorry, the life that I now live in the fre- flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he had this experience where he was out in nature. He said, I love to be in nature. It's refreshing and rejuvenating to my soul. And he carves out time to do that because he can see beauty of God's creation. One day as I was walking there, I was struck by how good it is for me to spend time in the woods. I remember asking the Lord, why is it that I like walking in the woods so much? Have you ever had one of those times when God answers back with actual words? It doesn't happen to me every day, but sometimes it does. And this was one of those times. I felt the Lord reply, what makes you think that you're the one enjoying them here? I'm the one who made them. And He said, here I was thinking the woods were rejuvenating to me and the Lord revealed that he was looking through my eyes and enjoying it through me. So, I don't know, it just reminded me, I just get excited when I think, you know, these things that I love, God loves and God wants to take that and he wants to develop those things. So, it makes me feel loved (laughs) when I think about that. I remember when I was putting this together, I remembered something that I learned at uni. I can't remember the context, but I remember learning about it and immediately applying or thinking, oh, wow, that applies to us in a Christian context. Um, It was probably in an organisational development subject or something like that. But it's this idea, it's called the Jahari window and it's those four boxes are all a person and then at the top you can see that a person, there are some parts of the person that are open um, the, the parts of them that are known to everybody. They're known to the self and they're known to others. And then we know that we have blind spots. They're the bits that are um, known to others but not known to ourselves. And then we've got hidden parts which we know about but we haven't shared with others. And then they're saying that there's this unknown kind of hidden part of us um, which could be past hurts that we've kind of repressed or it could be things in us that God still wants to bring out. And I just remember getting excited because I thought as being part of a community, we and and in our relationship with God, we are, he is opening us up um, and more of us is coming out through relationship as we, um, as we build relationships with other people and we get feedback about things in our, in, in our, you know, things that hurt or things that we just don't know about ourselves in loving relationship and also as we build those loving relationships and then share more about ourselves and then as we open ourselves up to God and he reveals more of the things that he wants to bring healing to and the things that he wants to bring life to. So it popped into mind while I was preparing the message and I thought that maybe it might be helpful to someone.
as part of um, preparing, I said before that um, I it was it was good to um, to realise that there was more in my walk than I thought there was when I was panicky, but there were also um, areas that I could learn, and there's an exercise that we can do. Um, or that people do when they're trying to become more aware of God's presence and more aware of their response to God. And it's called the daily examine. It's on the next slide. And if you are aware of the um, Lectio 365 app, um, it, it does come into the evening devotion and it's actually really lovely to listen to that devotion. It has a nice music and it's, it's a guided devotion. Um, but as part of it, it says, it asks us to consider you know, throughout the day, are, were there times throughout the day where we notice God's presence and we start to think about how did, did we notice him? Did we respond to him? And on the app it also then goes through, um, it might not be listed there, but on the app it also goes through were there um, things in our, in our day that we didn't do well and bring them to God and repent of them. And so I just thought it might be helpful to put there um, in case anybody was looking for a, a bit of a um, structure to follow if that's something that you're wanting to do to become more open to God and to, and to incorporate some self-examination. I think that's all I've got to say. But I did think that maybe we could break up into groups just for five minutes and just have a chat. Just have a chat about anything that might have um, stood out or... Or if you could share with each other, you know, practices that you do, how you sense God's presence throughout the day um, and what your process is for self-reflection and then just take a bit of time to pray for each other. So I might just pray before we do that. Oh, Lord God, I just thank you that you have made us and that you love us and that you know us. You know things about ourselves that we don't know and you want us to become whole and you want us to be healed and restored and you have so much on your heart for us to do in partnership with you. And I just pray that you enable us to open ourselves up to you. I pray that you help us to see where you're moving and to sense your presence throughout the day in the little things and in the big things. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.